the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Warning, we are at a Twitter caps lock war. Two days ago, President Trump, in all caps, warned the Iranian president not to threaten the United States or to be prepared to suffer the consequences. Be cautious, all caps. Yesterday, the Iranian foreign minister responded, in all caps, of course, color us unimpressed. What are we what, what, what are we being reduced to? Then a bunch of rambling bravado and uh, and finally ending with his own identical electronic yell, all caps, be cautious. Now, Twitter wars aside, because they are pretty darn uh, frightening, aren't they? A real war in the Middle East is looming. You can almost... Um, play a twisted and demented game of pick your caliphate with all of the regional actors looking to hang on just a second. I'm being handed this note from the uh, New York Times. Yes. Caliphate uh, is still a crazy conspiracy theory. Anyway, um, all of the people that are looking to take advantage of the chaos that ISIS has left behind, there's all kinds of people that are looking to build a caliphate and none of them is in a better position to benefit from all of that than Iran. Um, they've all been but completely subjugated uh, uh, Iraq. Uh, uh, Iranian-funded, trained, and directed militias have spread out all over the country. They are now on the border of Israel. Now, beyond Iraq, Iranians are pushing closer and closer to the heart of the Middle East, where the next war will be or it will be all about. Their militaries, uh, their militias, their Revolutionary Guard Corps are all over Syria, and they're pushing closer and closer to the Golan Heights. There's only so much that the Israelis are going to put up with, especially when you get near the Golan Heights. They've already begun uh, striking Iranian groups with limited airstrikes, but there's only so much you know anybody can do with Russian air defense assets protecting both Iran's and Assad's forces. Meanwhile, both are seeing how close they can get to the Golan Heights. So can I ask a question? What is Russia doing here? Because I thought last week we heard how much Vladimir Putin loves Israel. That's a lie. He's protecting Assad. And they are at the same time enabling Iran to turn Syria into another Lebanon. In less than two weeks, Netanyahu has traveled to Moscow and spoken to Putin over the phone and yesterday spoke to the Russian foreign minister in Jerusalem. They're like, you got to stop here. You, you have to help us out. What was Russia's proposal? Russia suggested that the Iranian troops stay in Syria but they can't come any closer than 60 miles to the Golan Heights. Um, no, that's not acceptable. And Netanyahu told them as much. So as all of this has been going on, a record amount of rocket attacks from Gaza have been fired over the past two weeks. Iran is pressuring Hamas to up the pressure, while at the same time moving their troops down through Syria. What are they doing? Exactly what they said they would do encircle Israel and Russia is helping them do it. Listen to some of just the uh, escalations in the past 72 hours. On Monday, Israel fired missiles at two Syrian missile sites. Just this morning, literally within minutes, Israel has shot down a Russian made Syrian fighter jet 
after it penetrated into Israeli airspace. The next war in the Middle East. Is this it? Iran, Syria, and Russia are showing that they are an Axis power. The question is, how big will this get? Can anyone keep it under control? It's Tuesday, July 24th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. But Stu, let's talk about things that really matter. Can we do that? I mean, this whole lot of yada yada. Okay, I get it. You know, Israel's under attack, whatever. Seems minor in comparison to whatever you're going to bring up next. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, the money diaries uh, are tracking mm-hmm. uh, the real strife in America. And they're asking people to tell us how you how you how you fighting through it. How are you fighting through it? Difficult times. I right. mean, in this economy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with really record low unemployment, difficult times. Especially if you're living in, you know, a big city and uh, you're a millennial female. How are you making it? How are you making it? You want to talk about sweatshops. So the, we're already in the handmaid's tale. Uh, well, we it's, know it's already you a reality. To say that. We know that. And I don't know how you may how you make it when you're a millennial today. OK, so. Here is um, uh, what the Money Diaries do is they ask people to track how they spend their money, uh, tracking every dollar, every dollar, and like it's seemingly like every little event in their life, every, every dollar, minute. every dollar mm-hmm. for a seven-day uh, uh, period. So they followed a, um, a marketing intern. She's twenty-one years old. She lives in New York City, and she lives on twenty-five dollars an hour. Oh my gosh. Oh, my God. $25 an hour. Now, imagine, seriously, imagine, you know, that salary going in New York City. You're not living. You're not. Yeah. I mean, $25 an hour. By the way, the average salary right now, hourly salary right now is about $25 an hour, which is pretty incredible when you think about that nationwide. In New York, though, it's below. New York, it's bad. So weekly, she pulls in $747 plus $100 to $120 every one or two weeks from babysitting. She also, um, you know, has other income okay um well, what other jobs does well, she it's do no big deal her parents she, give her 800 dollars a month in allowance and her, her grandfather also wires her 300 dollars every month <laughs> that's nice yeah she lives in a one bedroom one den apartment uh total rent though is four thousand dollars uh her share is uh, 2100 dollars. so you can see that money is gone well actually that money's not gone because her parents are paying her share of the rent Oh, so, so she her rent is how is what's the total for, dollars? Uh, uh, she pays zero. Zero dollars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, her roommate that lives in the den uh, pays nineteen hundred dollars. Uh, but so her parents pay for. So, but her share of just to be clear, her share of the rent is zero dollars. Zero, zero, okay. Yeah. Right. But she also has student loans. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they, those can add up fast. You know, yeah. I, I have relatives who have been still yeah. you know, well, ten years actually, into their career and they're still paying them off. Actually, it's her a, parents are paying for that, so she doesn't have any. She, I mean, she has student loans in her names, but in her name, but her parents have taken care of. That. So her share of the student loan payment is zero, is zero. Yeah, zero. Okay. Now she has a movie pass for nine ninety five a month. She has that. And who's paying for that? Huh? Who's paying for that? She's paying for that. Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, she also gets one Brazilian sugaring a month. 
I don't know. I don't. I'm fully afraid. know what that is, but I don't really want to Google it either. Ask. I don't want to ask. Uh, <laughs> she has the bronze pass, so she's not going for the silver or gold. She's going for the bronze. Oh my uh, gosh! And this is that's forty dollars and seventy six cents a month. And then she has her Equinox pass, mm-hmm. so she can work out. That's two dollars. Uh, that's two hundred and ten dollars. Then she has a phone bill. Phone bills are well. She, well, they can get really pricey though, Glenn. You know, with some of these da- with data plans and everything else. When you're a millennial, gonna, you're using your phone all I the was time. Say you really, she's not paying for her phone. Her parents are paying for the phone. So her share for the phone is yeah, right. But then she has zero. entertainment. You know, she has to pay for Netflix and Spotify and Amazon. And, well, I mean, uh, there's multiple accounts. I mean, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty dollars a month. Except for, her parents are paying for that. So oh, so her parents. So her are share for, for those things would be zero. Okay. Zero. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's day one. Here's how she's here's how she spent her money. Just day one. Seven thirty five AM. By the way, we're gonna have her on TV tonight. You don't you wanna miss this. Uh mm. five o'clock. Anyway, seven thirty five. My alarm goes off for work. It's the day after the fourth of July, and I'm beat from drinking all day. Mm. Uh, I also had a panic attack last night and I'm still feeling a little off. Thankfully, my boyfriend slept over and helped calm me down. That's great. So, it's great. So, so she's got companionship and, uh, you know, she she is, you know, she's woman enough to say, I spent all day drinking. <laughs> uh, that's how, you know, you celebrate independence that way. Um, 806, I meditate. Good for her. And then she packs up workout clothes in her briefcase. For breakfast, I make the classic avocado toast with feta cheese and a hard-boiled egg. I mean, uh, can you play into the stereotype anymore? Avocado toast. At uh, 8.57 a.m., being that everyone had the day off yesterday, I think it'll be okay getting in uh, to work a couple of minutes late. Okay, so she's an intern. And she's like, ah, I can get in late. She, and, and that's because she's not feeling well because of all the drinking. Yeah, well, she mm-hmm. had to stop by Whole Foods uh, to pick up a bottle of uh, cold brew to keep at the office. Uh, that's her. That's she said. That's the easiest way to, you know, not not spend too much for coffee. And it was six ninety nine. So, you know, she had to stop at Whole Foods, the most expensive grocery store in, in America. Yeah. OK. Eleven twenty six a.m. I spent most of my morning working on a small project. Then online shopping and uh, journaling. So is she still at work? Yeah, she's at work. This is the first thing you said about her day. And yeah, she's it's including online shopping? Yeah, 1126. <laughs> she says, the perk of being an intern is that I don't get too much work assigned. Um, <laughs> but I do find myself bored occasionally. Oh, okay. um, uh, 12.30 p.m. Check the Albert app I downloaded last month. It's supposed to smart save for you by tracking how much you make and spend. So far, I've saved $113 to pay for my Equinox membership next month. It's sick. It also reminds me that I spent $55 on coffee last month. But that's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. It really well, isn't. It's, it's, $55 on coffee in not New York, if yeah. you're going, especially if you're going to Whole Foods for it. Not bad. So eleven, or sorry, twelve thirty-five. She decides to go to the cafeteria in the building for lunch. She gets a soup and salad. She takes her lunch outside, thankfully, because it's not too hot outside. She hasn't done anything yet, though, right? At work, well, no, she, she worked at a, a small project. She, she worked on a small project. She did online shopping. She online shopped, and then she went on an app yeah. about saving money for please her gym membership. To, please do not try to okay. downplay the struggle of okay. this millennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one oh five p.m., she says, "I sit around and do nothing until three when there's a meeting." Wait, 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 wait. One to three is what now? Just sit around. 
There's not even shopping involved. There's it's just, shop, just one to three. I sit around, sit around and, do, and nothing. do nothing until three. <laughs> three thirty. Quick break. <laughs> From what? From doing nothing. She's got to have a break. So is she doing something now? If she took well, a no, break, she would nothing, be relaxed. She, she said, I'm eating an apple and I'm going to drink some green tea. I brought the apple from home and I make the green tea in the office pantry. I hit a wall at this time every day. You know, a I get wall from what? She just spent two hours doing nothing. And now she's, you know, she, you are. I mean, the fact okay, that she's, grandpa, <laughs> I used to walk to work both ways uphill. I got it. I mean, she's eating an apple. That is more than she's been doing for the last two hours. Okay, so she had a 3 p.m. meeting. It either didn't happen at 3 p.m. or it only lasted a half an hour because she had to take a quick break from that meeting. (laughs) At 4.42, she says, I'm finally done with all of my meetings. My boss is going out of town for two weeks and has left me with a bunch of little tasks to take care of while she's away. 501, I leave every day at 5 o'clock on the dot. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, right. She's not late. She's not staying after to do more online shopping? No, no, uh, okay. no, 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 no. And she, she doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if she's there, you know, a little late in the morning. But I leave at 5 o'clock on the dot. And by the way, 5 o'clock on the dot, didn't she say it was 5.01? Yes. Uh, I don't mind because I get to go work out and enjoy my afternoons every day. I also get to work from home tomorrow. So it basically feels like Friday. Now, I don't know. So, so does that mean she's going to be doing her online shopping from home? <laughs> and doing it, nothing at and home? doing nothing. She'll make her tea uh-huh. and she'll do nothing. And, uh, and then she'll do some shopping. Oh, and her breaks. She'll do that all from home. Wow. Uh, 545. I attend my new class at Equinox. <laughs> it's called The Muse. It's a mix between bar, dance, and Pilates. The instructor has some te- technical difficulties getting the music set up, but the class is awesome. Even though it's way out of my comfort zone, my booty is on fire. 7 p.m. <laughs> Wait, what was that, Cliff? Hmm? My booty oh, is on fire. Was that part of the story, or were you just uh, saying that? No, I was just saying okay, that, yeah. Okay. Uh, 7 p.m. I spend the rest of my afternoon packing for my Hamptons trip this weekend. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? She's going to the Hamptons? Yeah. Like the most exclusive place on the East Coast to summer? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, remember, she said, I get to work from home and it feels like Friday. Inferring it is Thursday. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. The next day uh, is is Friday. It's Thursday. So when she's working from home, she's actually going to the Hamptons. She's going to the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, "I prepare dinner a dinner with just some random findings during the school year. I cook a meal in my apartment. It feels so nice to cook for myself." I whip up whole wheat pasta with vodka sauce, roasted carrots and tomatoes, and a veggie burger. So random, yet so yummy. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I can handle more of this poverty tale. This is a struggle. Eleven thirty-six. I call it a night uh, earlier than I have in weeks. I'm so il- excited to sleep alone in my bed. <laughs> this okay, is a, okay, all right. Here's a random occurrence. I'm alone oh, for once. Okay, day two. 9 a.m., my alarm goes off. 9 a.m., my alarm goes off. Nice. That's, that's yeah, 10 hours wanna, of sleep there. just want to see. Yeah, she went to bed 11.36. Okay, 9 a.m. I finished packing for the weekend. Wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were supposed to go to work. I, I thought know. you were going to work from home the next day. Mm-hmm. She's at 9 a.m. She gets up. She said, um, 
I quickly switch on my laptop to see if I have any emails. Per usual, I don't. <laughs> I wonder why. Why are people reaching out with important requests and the tasks in the office? I finish packing up for the weekend, head over to my boyfriend since we're getting breakfast together before we leave. I call Lyft because I can't carry my purse and my weekend bag and my briefcase for a 20-minute walk. Impossible. How does she do it? How does she do it? 11.33. We're doomed, by the way. If you haven't thought that yet, we're doomed. (laughs) 11.33. After working uh, out for a bit at my boyfriend's place, I don't even want to know what that is. Mm. We head over to the local juice bar for, (laughs) is it a Kai Bowls and smoothies? Acai. Acai Bowls. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had originally agreed on going to a diner, but boyfriend got up early to go to the gym, and he feels like eating healthy today. I don't complain because he pays for his smoothie and my bowl. <laughs> of course. Of, of course. Of so course at 12.15, now she's got to walk. Well, I've, I've, it, gets, it gets dicey from there. Oh, no. I don't know if you can. It can't get worse Yeah, than I'm going to take a break, okay? So you maybe make some green tea or something. We're do some online shopping. We're going to do some online shopping, and uh, we'll continue with... This goes on for seven days. <laughs> this goes on like this for seven days. I... How people are living in this country like this, I I don't understand. Socialism is the answer. All right. Owning a home has never been easier, and it continues to be a great investment. Whether you're buying your first home, your next home, or even an investment home, let American Financing customize the right loan program for you. They're going to get pre-approval fast, so you'll know how much more home you can qualify for, and you can expect, expect, expect faster loan processing thanks to the in-house underwriting and decision-making. They don't have to send this out to anybody. So you can close, and sometimes in as quick as seven days. American Financing, they employ salary-based mortgage consultants. They do not work on commission. They work for you. And that's why they have an A-plus rating with the BBB and over 1,800 Google reviews. They offer the convenience of e-sign so you can do everything from the comfort of your own home. You know, if you're working from home or the Hamptons. Uh, and they have no upfront fees. So please, check them out. If you're buying or, or um, your first home, your next home, uh, or your uh, investment home, They'll customize a loan program that fits your financial needs. And they're licensed in all 50 states. It's American Financing. Call them now, 800-906-2440. It's 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So... I don't know. We're going to have this. Uh, we're going to have this young lady on today uh, at five o'clock. And I, oof, uh, you want to talk about poverty? What is it like to be a millennial, twenty-one years old, and uh, just trying to, you know, eke out a living, uh, and just trying to just trying to make ends meet in uh, New York City? This uh, marketing intern in New York City is. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible what we've just... So far, it's a really tragic story. I can't imagine it gets worse, though. Oh, it does. Uh, by day three, uh, literal starvation oh, no. is, is happening. And just... Literal? Is that, is that the right word? Literal starvation? Literal starvation? Yes, yeah, she's literally starving. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So so this does get really... This is a dark tale. We probably should be... Oh, my be. gosh. This ends, this ends in 
a doctor's visit. Uh, I mean, oh no, yeah, she ends having to see a doctor on this. How much should, does she pay for health insurance? I don't remember what was the number. Uh, mom and dad pay for health insurance. So her carry her share of that was zero. Yeah, she doesn't pay for her house. Mom and dad pay for that. She doesn't pay for the phone or Netflix or Amazon uh, or student loans. Um, mom and dad pay for all of that, and she's on insurance for mom and dad as well. Uh, but hmm. we last left her on her way. On a Friday afternoon, um, to the Hamptons uh, <laughs> with some friends, and we've got to pick it up now. Uh, warning: It is not for the weak. Constitution. It's it's Glenn really not. Back, Mercury. If you think you have it tough, I want to tell you the life of a young millennial. Should be joining me at five o'clock today. On the uh, Blaze TV, and I don't know what I'm going to say to her uh, because this is a terrifying story. The question is, can you live in New York on $25 a month? Now, she, uh, sorry, $25 an hour, $25 an hour. And uh, that's it. That's you know, her only Well, income. no, she also gets a $1,000 uh, allowance from her parents and a $300 allowance a month for uh, from her grandfather. Oh. And her parents pay for her rent uh, and they pay for school. Uh, and health insurance. Um, but she has to pay for her sugared uh, Brazilian, uh, her Brazilian sugaring that happens once a month and her Equinox, uh, <clears throat> you know, membership. Our folks pay for her phone and, and all of that stuff, you know, Netflix, Spotify, Amazon. But she's responsible for the Brazilian sugaring and any of the food that she can you now, can you make it? Now, when we last left her, she was, it was on a Friday. She had gotten up early at 9 a.m. Um, she had been late the day before at 9 a.m. for work, but it was because it was a holiday week and people, you know, she didn't think the boss would mind if she was a few minutes late. So um, and now she has she can work home from home on Friday, but she doesn't. She, when we last left her, she wasn't working from home. In fact, she was getting ready to go uh, to the Hamptons because uh, her and her friends uh, spend their weekends in the Hamptons. Right. Uh, yeah, ob- obviously. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, she, uh, you know, she's checked her email in that morning and then she's at a hot yoga class. Uh, and then she has to get ready for this two and a half hour car ride. Um, she says she's very thankful for her Equinox, uh, amenities because they make her life uh, so much easier. She, um, uh, she said, I arrive at my boyfriend's apartment to meet up before we drive to the Hamptons at two Oh five. Uh, before the whole group convenes, I, I, I run to Sweet Green to pick up lunch. I made a custom salad, and I add ta- tofu because I'm so into it these days. $11.70. Uh, we pick up some wine before the trip. I buy a bottle of rosé. Um, she said, uh, we, we have to pit stop at the gas station. I buy some gum and sparkling water. Um, we arrive at the Hamptons and hit absolutely no traffic on the way. Pretty amazing. For well, f- when you can leave... Well, yeah, when you in the middle of the day on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seven fifteen. All the girls are staying at my friend's house for the weekend, um, and we cook dinner. We prepared a huge, healthy, delicious feast of scallops and salmon and potatoes and grilled zucchini and peppers, and uh, and cap- what is it? Caprese? Caprice? How? Do, what is? It's that. It's the uh, tomato and mozzarella salad. Okay. Um, summer salads. I call it tomatoes, mozzarella. That's what I can yeah, call it. it's anyway. You're, um, you're not fancy like her. I know. Dinner is followed by pie and grilled peaches and ice cream. 
Wow. Everybody decides to stay the night and pray for, prepare for our whole fun day tomorrow. Day three, she wakes up at 8.07 with no alarm. Wow. Yeah. On the week weekdays, she needs an alarm at nine. <laughs> but on the weekend, she's up at 8.07. She's feeling so well rested. My friend texts me and asks if I want to go on a run. I haven't run in forever. But the idea of trotting along Sag Harbor Road sounds fantastic. So they uh, they go running, and then at nine thirty they make it back to the house. Uh, and uh, she said, "We we're just in time to uh, make some avocado toast and scrambled eggs, fruit, and a coffee." Then the girl squad gets out uh, and gets ready. Now that's at nine thirty. She has some toast at eleven twelve. She's ready to go out on her friend's boat. Uh, her dad offers to take us out in the water in the afternoon. I couldn't be more excited. I grew up boating, and I absolutely love the ocean. Few of us bring the dinghy out so we can tube and drive it up the beach later. On our way to the marina, we pick up food. We get a piece of salmon, some salad, and, California, uh, and cauliflower salad. We finally arrive at Sunset Beach at 2.11. The water is rough. Wish we hadn't have taken the dinghy. I'd much rather been on the big boat. But all the rosé is gone by the time we raft up. 3.56, after um, being anchored for a little over an hour, we Theor- come... Theoretically, she should still be at work, right? Yeah, it's three fifty six on Friday. Uh, no, this is three fifty six. This is oh, the this next is Saturday. Day. This okay. is Saturday. Right, yeah, right. we come back to the marina, help clean up a little bit, and then make our way back to the house. Um, uh, we have pool and chill time now in the afternoon. I lay by the pool and tan until I can go upstairs and just lay in bed for a while. How does she do this? Seriously, how does she make it with all of this laying around? <laughs> it seems to be a difficult life. It, it really does. At 6.15, my friend's chef prepares vegan tacos, chicken tacos, and veggie salad. Perfect pre-drinking meal. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Amen. Okay. The 9.06, we're drunk and ready to go. So they go out to a party. She said the party is, cost her 20 bucks, and she, it's way, it was way overhyped and not so much fun. They have an open bar, so the ticket is like a drink voucher. But by 106, that's at 1035, she says it's no fun. By 106, though, it's time to go home. Um, $20 my, for open bar is a pretty good price, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm. Uh, my friends are too drunk and won't leave, so I call Lyft. It's a big car, costs $33. Uh-oh. Uh, a couple of girls get in but they pretend that they didn't know that they had to pay so i had to pay all for all of it oh my gosh do you believe when other people have to take responsibility for your life costs uh -uh. i mean that is something this person cannot relate to 206 i'm uh, definitely too drunk and finally in bed now this is where it gets sad listen to this 7 12 a.m now this is sunday morning i guarantee you on monday she's going to need an alarm to get up at nine (laughs) 7, 12 a.m. she wakes up because this is America. This is America today. Capitalism doesn't work because I'm starving. Oh, my gosh. I'm starving. Now, she did ingest several hundred calories of alcohol fairly recently. Yeah, and she had salmon and scallops. And cauliflower cauliflower salad salad, and vegan tacos. Right. Okay. Made by a chef. Mm -hmm. She said, I didn't... I didn't late night munch. Oh my gosh. So I'm waking up with sharp pains. Oh. 
Sharp pains. Sharp pains because she didn't <laughs> snack. She didn't late night munch. Right. So that would so, have been what, fifth meal of the day yeah, she was looking at? Right. She mm-hmm. didn't do it. She only went with a four. So now she is, and I quote, I hate having to do this, but I snoop in my own friend's house. But I need food. Man, I feel for her. At this so point. now she's stealing her friend's food. I too? find a carton of blueberries and yogurt in the fridge. I think this will be enough to let me sleep more. Oh, good. So this is so, just an effort to get her back to bed. Right. <laughs> but at 8, 8.03, she says, I'm wide awake, laying in bed with a brewing stomach ache. I don't think having yogurt was the right thing. <laughs> you no, think? it never is. So Not in the morning she, after, oh, at 9.15, she's at the bagel shop because she realizes that she feels so nauseous uh, that she needs to have... You ready? What would you have? You have a stomach ache. You're you're really sick to your stomach. What do you have? I gotta say, bagel shop seems like a good call for me. Something okay. bready, a breakfast sandwich would uh-huh. be something I would I would think about uh-huh. in that spot. So you're thinking maybe eggs on it, like, like eggs and cheese on a eggs and cheese on a bagel. Yeah, cheese cheese dairy products would be very bad. You see, for a an upset stomach. Really? Okay. Yeah. You didn't know that. I know that after a night of drinking, I go to a breakfast sandwich. Is, is a yeah, very... yeah. Well, if you're really mm-hmm. sick to your stomach, you you like dry toast, crackers. You don't have dairy products. Mm. She went the step further. Um, she had a bagel with locks and cream cheese. Oh, mm-hmm. locks. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, she not begins to eat it. She takes a bite, and something's wrong. <laughs> yes, you're eating raw fish. You raw fish dope. and yogurt. What a moron! Uh, moron. <laughs> she uh, then runs to the toilet and uh, oh, no. and uh, you know <laughs> what a surprise. But she said she looks at the bright side. She's always the optimist. She says, "I'm so thankful I got rid of all of that toxic crap in my system." Hmm. So now, yeah. How did it get there? By the way, what do you mean? How did the toxic crap get into her system? Does anyone America, have any clue? America, oh, it's America's it's America, fault. Yeah, probably American yeah. bourbon, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, she says. Now we're just laying by the pool and enjoying the day. Oh, okay. We're all hungover. Back to work. And uh, twelve, twelve twenty-two. <laughs> they're all hungry again. So they go to a health uh, food restaurant. They get goat cheese and an avocado wrap. God, uh, what, the stuff this person eats. I got you have an upset stomach. You eat yogurt, raw fish, and then you you follow it up with what was mm. it? Uh, she she has uh, the goat cheese and goat avocado. Goat cheese and avocado. This yeah. is a this is the worst diet I've ever heard of. Yeah, and then she says uh, she has a vegan, gluten free. <laughs> what is this? Uh, froyo. Oh, froyo, frozen yogurt. Is that what that is, stands for? Mm. Uh, I am so man. I am. I mean, you get me at a McDonald's, and I can tell you what everything is on the menu. Everything. I don't know any of this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, sugar-free. She gets one that's uh, sugar-free with mixed berry flavor and sherry shaved coconuts and cocoa chips and candied walnuts. And that frozen yogurt was only eight seventy-five. Oh, wow. Okay. $9 of frozen yogurt. I guess in the Hamptons, though, there's probably a shot of yogurt. Yeah. So most of the girls start to head out at 416 on Sunday. They all have trains and buses to catch. But I'm driving back. Uh, you know, we decide to leave uh, later so we can enjoy a, a yummy dinner. <clears throat> she then at, at 627 packs her bags and decides to take a, a shower. But she's, quote, she's starving. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to head back into town for some sushi. Uh, dinner is delicious, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but we had to have individual checks. She makes good time. She is back at her boyfriend in the city at 1156 p.m., Sunday night, 
Uh, she said, I have a mini panic attack, you know, because she's just full of anxiety. Um, she's glad. She's glad that she's able to see her therapist tomorrow. Because uh, she's exhausted from her panic attack. Was the panic attack related to the avocado toast? I, Do we know? I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, but uh, let me just leave you here on day five, uh, 7.35 a.m. Alarm goes off for work. Oh, another grueling week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, that is amazing. I'm thinking that uh, maybe people don't understand what being poor and working hard is actually like. You know, grueling. I don't think she's qualified to ever use the word grueling. No. Because it's one thing to live that life, which is a life that a lot of people would like to live if they could. Like, if you could have everyone cover all of your stuff and work basically not at all and go to the Hamptons every weekend, that's not, that's a life a lot of people would choose. It seems pretty great in a lot of ways. Uh, but it seems a little shallow. It definitely seems shallow. A little shallow. Um, but again, not. I mean, I, don't, I think there's a lot of shallow people. Yeah. Uh, right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of everyone that's shallow. Like you, everyone likes creature comforts, right? And she seems to have a lot of them. So there's a lot there's a lot there to like. But to to write it down, to type it, uh, like it's one thing to admit it to yourself when you have that down and you're in the middle of writing it to a, a blog or an actual website. Don't you, in the middle of writing that, stop and think, I can't write this. I need to bail on this project. I can't I can't participate. I look like an idiot. Isn't there a moment where you reconsider participating? Well, what participating? would she look like an idiot? If you are living in that kind of world that is that shallow, she doesn't look like an idiot. Notice she eats all the trendy foods. Mm-hmm. She goes to all, does all the trendy things. Yep. She works out. You know, she's got the boyfriend. She's got the apartment in New York for $4,000 a month. Which she doesn't pay. Uh, she Yeah, she goes to the Hamptons every weekend. I mean, this is, this is unfortunately the life that many people in America dream about. Many millennials would go, that is fantastic. Love to live well, that I, life. Look, if you're, you're you know... Do, you're working uh, in some hard job where you're, f- you're doing physical labor. Like that sounds pretty nice, right? Yeah, but I those mean, are the these are the people. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, she's also a socialist. Of course, <laughs> you know of she's course. also somebody who really cares deeply about the situation. It's. I mean, look at me. I, I'm just an intern. I'm 21. I'm college educated. I'm just an intern. I can't find a job. I can't make it in this city on my $25 an hour. Guaranteed. Meanwhile, the people who are out there busting their butt and aren't living off of mommy and mums in Dudsy, uh, they don't have time to, uh, to go to their therapist. They're working too hard. All right, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's LifeLock. Asking your smartphone for the weather is one thing, but how about asking it to send money to a friend? 
Soon you're going to be able to do that just by telling your uh, smartphone to send, uh, you know, send money to Stu, which that will never be said. Did you hear that? Record that. We can play it into Glenn's smartphone. Uh, There will be security concerns such as cyber criminals who have been able to hack now into a ton of devices and could access this kind of transaction remotely and do exactly what Stu just said. There's a ton of threats in our connected world today. And it only takes one weak link for the criminals to get in, and it's only getting more and more vulnerable as every passing day goes by. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against the threats to your identity and to your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. So if you have a problem, their agents are going to work to fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But the new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover the threats you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code BECK. Get to 10% off your first year if you use the promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Okay, one last thing. Millennials are headed for heartbreak. Millennials uh, between the ages of 18 and 37 now say that the perfect time to retire is 61. Not 65, 61. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have anything saved uh, or very, very, very little uh, saved for that retirement. But the good news is socialism is here. Everyone retire at 61. Glenn Beck. Stu, let me ask you a question. Do you remember when ESPN actually used to just cover sports? I remember it uh, like it was 20 years ago, Glenn. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's kind of like it was the MTV of sports, in a way, when MTV actually played music. And then MTV stopped playing music, and I don't know what it became, uh, but it's not, there's no M in MTV. At least for a while, there wasn't. Now, you look at ESPN, there's, there's no... S S. in ESPN. Mm -hmm. It's politics. It's EPPN, I think. I'm not sure, but it's all politics. So one of the people that has, uh, you know, been, uh, you know, uh, very controversial is um, is Jamel Hill. Hill. Large reason for the nonstop politicalization of the network and sports on the whole give you some background here he'll gain attention last year on september 11th calling trump a white supremacist a bigot and the most ignorant offensive president of her lifetime wow that goes a little farther than um, anything that anybody else said about barack obama doesn't mm-hmm. it following the tweet al sharpton oh, you can't call the president a racist no <laughs> following the tweet al sharpton threatened to boycott espn If they fired her for her comments, she was not fired. She was not suspended. Less than a month later, she called companies who advertise with the Dallas Cowboys to boycott the team's stance on the national anthem. She was suspended for two weeks. Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, ESPN's parent company, hinted that he didn't fire her because of her race, saying it's difficult for him to understand what it feels like to experience racism. Now, in a recent interview with Al Sharpton, she described Trump's stance on kneelers as, quote, racial pornography just to stroke his bias. Uh-huh. 
Now, most outlets ignored the comments, choosing instead to highlight uh, the statements that she said regarding her departure, even lauding her for her role in strengthening stories that involve the intersection of sports, race, and politics. Okay, I think a big newspaper in New York is going out of business. And I, I, I wish I cared more, but I really don't. <gasps> Glenn Beck doesn't care about journalism. No, no, it's not that. When you are struggling as a industry, you have to ask yourself, why? Why is that happening? Now, they'll blame that on all kinds of things, but they never blame it on nobody wants to read what you're putting out. Here we have, here we have uh, Hill and ESPN being lauded for strengthening stories that involve the intersection of sports, race, and politics. And yet I've never heard a single person in my life say, you know what I wish I had with my sports? A little more politics and race talk. Yeah, racial politics in particular yeah. is the flavor that I would like added to my sports. Right. So she left her uh, position at ESPN 6, 6 o'clock for Sports Center. For a position at the Sport Network social justice-oriented website, mm. The Undefeated. Now, if I could just get some social justice with my sports, now I'm really set. The Undefeated is a natural home for me, she wrote, given that it's a site about the intersection between sports, African Americans, race, culture. It mixes all of those things that I think are even more vital now to discuss. And I wanted to do it on a platform that was deeply aligned with who I am as a person. Right, sure. But apparently that's not even enough. She has decided to leave the network now. She announced this uh, at Aussie Fest. Uh, she said, quote, it's sort of a realization. I'll be candid. Obviously, some of the things that have happened to me in the last 10 or 11 months have played a role in that. But even before any of that stuff happened with Donald Trump, I was feeling, I, I just wondered to myself, when my contract with ESPN was up in a few years, whether or not I would continue on in sports, period. I mean, there's a real concentration. There's still a real need about stories of women of color. And that is going to be the huge focus of what I do. Now, here's a little bit of her political insight that she shared. To go one step further, we've already got a president who came from a, a non-political background, nothing whatsoever. Um, do you think we could get to the point where we have definitely political candidates, uh, congressmen in the Senate who come from a sports background, whether it be sports mm. journalism or, or sports itself? Um, definitely. And in fact, now if I had to pick the athlete, although he's not just an athlete, he's probably one of the biggest entertainers in the world, that I could see being the president in the future would probably be The Rock. And I... <laughs> I know that one president rock president has rock, a ring to it. Uh, I could definitely see that happening because he has a lot of, uh, of elements that bring a lot of different groups together. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he comes from a impoverished background. Mm -hmm. um, he represents mm -hmm. those who kind of have that pull, pull yourself by the, up by the bootstraps mentality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he obviously is, has an ethnic background being Samoan. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's motivational. I don't know anybody who hates The Rock. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, anybody the, hate The Rock? I was like, nobody hates The Rock. The Rock probably, <laughs> while we're up here talking, probably uh, starred in seven movies. Like, nobody mm -hmm. works harder in Hollywood mm -hmm. than that guy. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if The Rock turns out to be conservative, 
lots of people will begin to hate the rock and it'll be led by voices like yours it's tuesday july 24th you're listening to the glenn beck program when's the last time you were at a mall I went to a mall a couple weeks ago with my wife. I haven't, I haven't been to a mall in a, in a long time, and uh, boy, it has changed. And this was one of the nicer malls here in Texas, and things are do- going well in Texas. Uh, but all these stores were just closed. I read an article that uh, Barney's, Saks Fifth Avenue, across from Rockefeller Center, Saks Fifth Avenue, this is the, uh, you know, the original Gimbel's store. Uh, from, you know, Miracle on 34th Street. That's That was the Gimbel's headquarter, and now it's Saks Fifth Avenue. They're talking now about selling it, tearing it down, and making it into office space. These All of these big, huge department stores, that's a thing of the past. What is What is the plan for these giant malls that are sitting empty all across the country? Uh, we wanted to uh, bring on Nolan Gray. He is a Young Voices advocate. Uh, he's a contributor for uh, MarketUrbanism.com. He is a, uh, a young guy who is a city planner and uh, a, a guy who is a libertarian. Uh, and he just received last week the Young Voices Award at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. It's a new award from Reason Magazine that goes to libertarian policy writers who who work uh, actively to uh, to translate ideas into actual results uh, that are free market ideas. Welcome to the program, Nolan. How are you? I'm great, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me. So, first of all, congratulations on the award. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, now, you are a city planner, which a, right. a libertarian city planner is almost an oxymoron, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I went into the admissions office and I told them, find me the most libertarian thing to study. Um, and they told me city planning. No, I, I just became interested in it. Um, it's, it's something that has a huge impact on the places that we live. Uh, it's an area of policy that, you know, for obvious reasons, has mostly been neglected by people who care about uh, freedom and liberty. Yeah. Um, and so it, it just seemed like a place to have a really big impact. So how, what is your what is your opinion of Houston? Houston is the only city in America that is left without uh, city planners, I believe, uh, or at least it used to be. Uh, and it seems to be doing fine. Why do we need all of this city planning? Yeah, right. Houston's fascinating. They're the only major U.S. city to not have zoning. Uh, which is where cities break up uh, parts of the city into different districts for certain uses or certain densities. Uh, so they don't have any of that. They're actually the only city that voted on zoning, uh, and they voted it down three times. Every other city sort of quietly adopted it through right. administrative means. Um, and is it, is, it, really, is it failing in any way? Well, if you look at the population growth numbers, I mean, revealed preferences, right? It's not failing. Tons of people are moving to Houston. Um, and people who live there love it. They love it. Yeah, right, right. I mean, like any city, it has its challenges, right? Yeah. Like traffic. Sure. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, relative to cities that are much more heavily planned, it's not entirely obvious what Houston is missing in a lot of respects. So, uh, so what is the, what is the, what is the city of tomorrow uh, look like, especially with 
the malls and uh, do you do you agree that you know Saks Fifth Avenue and Macy's and Lord and Taylor I think just went out of New York City but uh, you know uh, you know you you have huge uh, traditions and swaths of property that are these giant department stores are they gone yeah, well, we're talking about hundreds of acres of urban land, in many cases in prime, you know, sort of locations. Most cities don't have a plan, um, so all sorts of different things are really happening with it. Uh, my hometown uh, of Mall set empty for about a decade and then turned into a megachurch. Um, mm. In a lot of cases, they're being redeveloped as office space, um, you know, more housing, so new apartments or, or new little single-family homes. Most cities don't really have a plan. Um, and they've sort of locked in this mall zoning where the only thing that really can be developed on those lots are new malls, um, and where there's just no demand for that. It's not entirely clear what can happen in the policy status quo. So uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, you would know better than I do, but I believe the first mall in America was in Rochester, New York. Um, and it was in the fifties or sixties and mainly because it's freaking freezing in Rochester, <laughs> Uh, and nobody wanted to go, you know, down the streets. Minneapolis is very much the same. What happens to those uh, cities where I, I'm not walking down the street in Phoenix, Arizona uh, in the summer, and I'm not walking down the street, uh, you know, in uh, uh, in Rochester in the winter? Mm-hmm. Do, do, yeah, well, like uh, Malls think, of America, think... do they play a role because of the weather? That's a good point. I, you know, I always heard that they'd kind of gotten their start in uh, Minnesota. So I think that's probably a pretty similar story. Nobody yeah. wants to walk around right. six months in Minnesota. Right. What's going to happen? You know, I, I think there's always going to be some malls. They're not going to completely disappear. I think that most of the midsize and smaller malls are probably going to disappear. You're really only going to have the huge ones where, um, you know, like the malls of America, they're probably going to be fine. Um, but they, they're almost tourist destinations, right? Yeah. You know, like I remember when I was a kid growing up in Kentucky, people would come to the local mid-sized city and go to the mid-sized mall. You know, that's probably all done. Those people are just going to go, uh, you know, one state over to a, a mega mall in a place like Nashville or a place like Indianapolis. Um, so those huge malls are going to be fine. I mean, what are you going to do in a place like Phoenix? I, I think probably most of the retail corridors are going to retool around what's called experiential uh, retail. So they've got to be experiences that you can't get through Amazon. If I want to buy anything for the lowest price, I'm just going to do it on Amazon now. Um, you know, so like what's exper- what, what's experiential? It might be like a spa or like a bar with a lot of different options for beers. Uh, or it might be maybe if you're buying a custom or personalized item. Uh, so, you know, this could be, for example, apparel stores that are much more concerned with helping you find maybe specific clothes or specific sizes um, that you really need an expert consultant on. Um, And so you can kind of see, you know, a lot of the big box stores are sort of scrambling to uh, go in this direction where they're trying to have more customer service. You know, you know, and traditionally they've understood this. You walk into, well, I was going to say HH Greg, but they, (laughs) they already disappeared. You walk into a Best Buy, right? And like four people rush over to try to help you. So, um, 
Go, That's go, their advantage over Amazon. In here in in Texas, there are these little towns that are sprouting up. They're just like Main Street, and they have urban housing and apartments and restaurants and shops, and they're just little towns. Uh, and it's very much like my childhood when I was growing up before the malls hit. Is are millennials starting to go back into that direction? Yeah, definitely. I think well, one of the new sort of things you're seeing is called lifestyle centers, uh, where it's a mixture. It's not just retail. And, and the original vision for the mall was not just retail. The original vision for the mall was we're going to have community spaces, maybe churches. Uh, we're going to have uh, some apartments. Um, this is going to be a place where people live and they work and then they, they come for, you know, social events. But in practice, what the mall became was much more just exclusively retail, uh, maybe with a food court. And so I think probably what you're going to see is a return to that, where you have these sort of uh, retail centers that are trying to mimic the traditional Main Street. Yeah. Maybe, you know, professional offices, uh, some retail, some apartments, things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, Nolan, it's um, great to talk to you, and uh, we need uh, more libertarians uh, in all walks of life, but certainly with city planning uh, that can help us uh, remain free and uh, and, uh, and 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 tamp down some of the um, insane ideas and regulations from from uh, some city planners. Nolan, thank you so much, and congratulations. Thanks so much, Glenn. You bet. You can follow him at uh, M Nolan Gray. Uh, dot pot, uh, dot com. Uh, all right. Sponsor this half hour is Goldline. Goldline has something really, really unique. I was just looking at um, I was just looking at the the uh, the numbers of things that are happening where we are. Russia just last week just dumped. Uh, what is it? Eighty five billion dollars of treasuries over the last uh, over the last uh, two months. They have. They have gotten rid of almost all of the U.S. treasuries. People are starting to dump our treasuries. If that happens, we're in trouble. And uh, the value of our uh, of our debt goes away. And that means we're going to be paying higher interest rates on our debt as a, as a country. We won't be able to afford it. Our dollar will be worth less. It's bad. So Goldline has gone to the Royal Canadian Mint, and they've made something called the Maple Flex Bar. Now, this is an idea that I had a few years ago, and they made them in gold. But gold, if, you know, if crap hits the fan, gold is going to be worth way too much. So this is a way for you to get in at an inexpensive price, and it would actually be day-to-day. It, it makes up two ounces of silver, and the design makes it possible for you to take and break it up. It's, let's see, there you go. Um, you break up the silver into pieces and uh, then you can spend it. So like this is a, uh, there's 10 of these uh, 120th ounce bars. There's five one tenth, And then there are four quarter ounce bars, fully silver, each bar guaranteed, legal tender, weight, purity, everything by the Royal Canadian Mint. They're all marked for that. 19 legal tender coins. You can only get these at Goldline. Maple Flex, you can put them in your um, uh, your uh, IRA, uh, your precious metals IRA. You can, you can buy them uh, at, at Goldline, same price for credit card, check, or bank wire. Qualifying orders can take advantage of Goldline's Price Shield program. Ask them about that. It's pretty amazing. 
Call them now at 866-GOLDLINE. That's 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Make sure buying gold or silver is right for you. It's 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Okay, I have some pretty disturbing news. Uh, Brace yourself for this. Um, Australia, uh, some people are saying now, uh, does not exist. Uh, oh, and global warming is uh, has destroyed it. It's gonna. How long do we have until Australia goes away? What's the? No, it never was. It doesn't exist. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. It's just all made up. It's a. It's a government <laughs> scam. The, to, the continent. Yes, it's a government scam. Yes, and everybody's in it. Hugh Jackman's in on it. All these people are they're in on it. Those are all including Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. He is anyone who claims they're from Australia. It's an amazing story. Uh, and I think you're going to be pretty wowed by the facts uh, of this story. But it was a it was a government uh, conspiracy to cover up the mass genocide of the uh, of the uh, English Empire. So they it wasn't a prison colony. They no no all those people that were right. said going to prison hmm. no they were all just dumped into the sea. So they're okay. all okay. They, they I mean, I guess that theoretically you could think be. think that there's really how come you can't find the kangaroo any place but Australia? Come well, on, they have it's them in zoos. Mythical animal. No, they have. I mean, I've seen them. No, that's a zoos. it's a costume. That's government. Anyway, but uh, what about all the people? I'm because I, I guess you could say okay, the they were a bad empire. They murdered all these people and didn't actually send them to the call. I guess you could theoretically argue that mm-hmm. it's not true, but you mm-hmm. could theoretically argue it. Yeah. Right. What about the people that live there now? Uh, no, uh, they are. Um, uh, th- that's actually a computer um, a what? algorithm. It's uh, a computer. A computer algorithm has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the people that live there and have visited? They there? don't really exist. I've met people that have... I've never been myself. No, but any I, of the pictures, any of the people, all made up by the government. I, You know, let me just give you the story when we come back, okay? Because when you hear the full story, I think you'll see the um, the uh, method to the... <laughs> well, the madness. You'll see the madness when we come back. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. we got to get to this Australia story... Uh, Stu just said to me something that is so disturbing because I completely relate. He's he's like, I hope uh, Tika Tuari is right about Bitcoin, uh, which we'll get into here in a second. He said, because, you know, I, I just I, I just I don't I don't want to get up in the morning. And yeah. I said, eh. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to even move. And I'm like, I'm with you. I'm, I'm at the point to where wow. I just want to keep my front door unlocked and then order things and have people bring them up to my bedroom. And they can just. Put them on the bed, and I'll just eat, and and you know, I mean, I, that's that's about it. I was gonna say, but then your wife would be the your wife would be that enabler, you know, because you would end oh, up totally on the eight hundred my eight hundred yeah. pound husband. Yeah, eight hundred is <laughs> I, underselling what I would do if Victoria. If Tika's right, you're just gonna see it. You're gonna see. Well, who's the, the the Goodyear blip? It's crashed into the stadium. No, I'm just in row E. <laughs> that's Stu. <laughs> he needs one of those big seat belts. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so we'll get into that here in just a second. What's happening with uh, cryptocurrency uh, in just a minute. Uh, but first, I want to give you the story about, uh, you know, a new theory. Now, this started at the Flat Earth Society Forum, uh, but it's not just Flat Earthers. And I want okay. to talk to somebody who is I want to talk to somebody who believes this. Um, uh, if you believe in Australia, 
you're sadly mistaken because it doesn't exist. Everything you have ever heard about it was made up. Any pictures of it you've seen faked by the government. If you've talked to people on the Internet that claim to be from Australia, they're actually government agents who are surfing the Internet to enforce these false beliefs that Australia exists. Do you know if we lost technology and we lost civilization, do you know how fast people would start to believe stuff like this? Were you ever in Australia? They were making all of that up to cover up for crimes. You weren't there. Do you know anybody who was there? In one well, generation, yeah. it's over. I mean, we are well, back but to there's this. people living there. There's no, no it wouldn't be over for them. It would be over. Oh, I, I see what you're doing. You trapped me into believing that there were people in Australia <laughs> because there is. a. <laughs> yes, that's what I did. Okay. I'm just saying for the people like over here, people any place where you're you're a, you know, you're a ways away from people. Imagine how. Um, look at look at what we think about uh, medicine now and how it's killing us and how capitalism is killing us and and airplanes are evil because of what they did to the sky. Imagine, imagine that kind of philosophy, this nihilistic postmodernism, if it took over, you wouldn't be able to restore civilization for a while. And by the time you got back, what would be lost would be incredible it's we true go, we'd be, go back to the stone age i really think so people will believe anything, anything these days anything uh, you know so when people take off and they go on a vacation to australia yeah. where are they flying them to, is it like a rendition situation they're flying them to another area and they're just calling it australia like what's happening okay so australians australians yes uh, are all actors or computer-generated personas. Um, now, Australia isn't real. This is according to the the lead, you know, quote, scientist on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Australia is not real. It's a hoax made for us to believe that Britain moved their criminals to someplace. In reality, all of these criminals were loaded off of the ships into the water, drowning before they could ever see land again. And it's a cover-up for one of the greatest crimes of mass murder in history— uh, made by one of the most prominent empires, England. But people in that era did all sorts of really terrible things that we know about. So why would... Not this one. This one's really bad. They created... No, for for criminals, gonna, not even innocent people. How criminals. Gonna, how are you going to back out? How are you going to back out of the whole, oh yeah, kangaroo doesn't exist thing? You're not. You're too, they're too so deep now they're just it. covering... England is too deep into it. But and the, the Western world is going on. I've seen kangaroos. Uh, no, you think you have. I think, you know what? I've seen Abraham Lincoln at Disney. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. That's true. It's not really Abraham Lincoln at Disney. It's not Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Uh, Australia does not exist. All the things that you can call proof are well-fabricated lies and documents made by leading governments of the world. Your Australian friends, they are computer-generated. The plane pilots are in on this in secret. And when you say, I want to go to Melbourne, they don't fly you to Melbourne, Australia, because it doesn't exist. Or Sydney, they fly you to islands that are very nearby, or in some cases, parts of South America, where they have cleared a space where everybody pretends to be Australian. So we don't know where, but we do know, you know, continental wise, we do know that it's in South America. 
this fake Australia. Now, I've seen parts of it. I, I, I will tell You've you. I've seen parts of the fake I Australia? I've seen parts of the fake Australia. Where Australia? You, where you're like, wait a minute, this isn't Australia. It's called the Outback. If you've been to an Outback Steakhouse, that oh. was... That's an Australian embassy, right? The Outback Steakhouse? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, Australia, one of the biggest hoaxes ever created. I think it's probably the biggest. Yeah, if you've I mean, created if it was, a continent... Yeah, I think it would be. You get number um, one on the a giant hoax list. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess uh, the moon landing, though. Is the moon real, or did we just not go to it? Do you know the details of that? If what? Is, does, is the moon real, or did we just... Or do we just fake our landing on it? Like, is the moon no, a we real thing her. that we faked our landing on, or is the moon fake? No, the moon's real. Okay. I mean, it's not what we think it is. Is it cheese? No, you weren't here last week. You know, you know you've never seen the dark side of the moon. Okay, did you hear what happened on MSNBC last week? Thankfully, no. Okay, uh, Sarah, do we have the MSNBC where they have the theory about Donald Trump? Now, remember, this is these are not conspiracy theorists. Okay. Do you, what'd you say, Sarah? They're looking for it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that CN, you know M- MSNBC and CNN, all these guys, they they hate conspiracy. They, they hate them. They, okay. hate, they hate conspiracy theories. So we while while you were on vacation, an article in the New York Magazine came out, uh, and it was really well written and researched, mm-hmm. uh, and it said, you know, this is probably not true, but if it were. It would be a very high impact event, and so we should consider the ramifications. Okay. Oh, that sounds pretty pretty scary. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, they came out with the theory that uh, Donald Trump is actually a Russian spy that went over in uh, 1987 for the very first time and uh, met with the Soviets, and mm-hmm. they they made him an operative and uh, and a sleeper. And then he came back, and you'll notice around the 80s is when he started becoming famous. So he's a government operative from Russia. Now, again, this isn't true. Well, it's most likely not true. It's low probability, but high, high impact. impact. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, so, and you, they were oh, critical of your theories. Yeah, well, about yeah of course potentially they were. The, the caliphate. Or that Barack Obama was uh, a democratic socialist. Yes. You remember when yeah. that was a, an insult yes. to the left? Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, that, was, uh, that was insulting and a conspiracy theory. But this is not. Now, we delved a little further into it last week. And it brings me to the moon. The moon, the dark side of the moon, you notice we've never seen it. No. I guess we never have. Exactly no. right. Um, when did you first start hearing about Donald Trump? I mean, mid to late 80s. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes a little further than the Soviets. Okay. Um, you'll notice that you really don't hear about Donald Trump at all, at all, until after Neil Armstrong lands on the moon. Now, this probably isn't true, but think of the impact if it were. It's high, low, low probability, high, high impact, impact event. Huge, high impact. There are some that believe that Donald Trump is a space baby, that he is from the dark side of the moon. Oh, no. And he was out, you know, out and about on the moon. And Neil Armstrong was like, what is this baby doing here? And they're like, shh, quiet. (laughs) And then we lost contact for a few minutes. 
Um, and <laughs> well, have you heard the audio where they said, "What's this baby doing?" <laughs> Here, no, I've never not. heard that audio. No, of course not. They've they've taken that out and uh, doctored all the images. And oh. uh, so then, uh, <laughs> hey, but, but so Neil Armstrong. On Neil the Armstrong. Light side what do you think moon, he's saying? What do you think he's saying? He's you know one small step. He's not taking one small step. He's not taking a little teeny. Those are baby steps. What do you think he's talking about? He's talking about baby Trump, the space baby. And uh, this baby is from a, a master race on the other side of the moon, the dark side, which, if you look into it, it's completely dark. You don't see anything, mm-hmm. right? If you look into the barrel of a cannon, don't you think it looks pretty much the same? Well, yeah, but why well, was it? Because when this moon, again, probably not going to happen, but if it did, (laughs) high impact, when the moon turns around at the space baby's command, Uh we're actually looking into a a giant barrel of a giant space cannon, and the moon Mm. is going to be shot out of that cannon at the Earth. Mm. Now, you think this is crazy, but uh, answer me this. Riddle me this, Batman. How... How come uh, Donald Trump is the first one to be talking about a space force? Need I say more? I mean, a little more. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens I, when know, I go I, on vacation. No, this is, I tell you something. This is, this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you talk to people who still believe in Australia. <laughs> okay. Last Thursday night, cryptocurrency expert Tika Tuari revealed the details on why he believes Bitcoin is going to be at $40,000 by the end of the year. That's insane. Please let that happen so I can sit on my bed and order things. 40,000. Now, uh, last week before he got here, it was uh, 6,100, I think, and then it went to 6,700. Yeah, I mean, anyone who watched that conference uh, with you last week if they invested that night, they've done very well. It's up over 20% since What's that. It's at 8,200 right now. 8,200. I mean, it's up over 20%. If this guy calls this, I mean, if he even gets close, if it's 30,000. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Anywhere near there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, whether you believe in Bitcoin and the technology behind it or not, I urge you to take a few minutes to review what Tika uh, has to say. At midnight Wednesday night, the best deal he uh, he will offer on his Palm Beach Confidential Service will expire. It will uh, expire. We started offering it last week. It's an extraordinary opportunity to see the gains that he has helped others achieve. It's life changing. I met the people who have been following him for the last two years uh, or longer. And uh, these people like one woman said, you know, my husband, he's disabled. He lost his job. I had another. We were barely making ends meet. I decided to uh, invest my money the way Tika was. And she said, I don't have any concern about money Hmm. anymore. I mean, it's 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 pretty remarkable. Anyway, watch the replay uh, for free through midnight Pacific tomorrow. This is your last chance. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com. Watch it now. BeckCryptoShow.com. I may have to push the Elon Musk thing uh, one more day. I I am. uh, Have you asked yourself, why is Elon Musk in so much trouble? Why is Elon Musk in trouble all of a sudden? All of a sudden. 
All of a sudden. It's interesting. I had a big debate over uh, last week about whether he was a good guy or a bad guy in this yeah. mining uh-huh, situation uh-huh. with the submarine. Was that a big story? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like everyone's saying that he's like this terrible guy and he's taking he's taking advantage of yeah. publicity and he didn't do anything to yeah, help and yeah. i'm gonna tell i'm gonna t- i'm gonna give you the reason I, I think i'm gonna have to push it till tomorrow i'm gonna give you the reason why all that is happening i'm gonna lay out a pretty good case for you that'll be on tomorrow's radio show you don't uh want to miss that um also uh we have another conspiracy theory this one is rachel maddow's uh conspiracy theory listen to this the way that he um responded to Putin when we saw him face to face. And then the fact that he took under consideration all of these demands from Russia, including yeah. handing over Americans to Russia for interrogation, um, that just, you know, the, it makes the worst case scenario really palpable. The worst case scenario that the president is a foreign agent uh, suddenly <laughs> feels very palpable. And it, it, you know, the more that I talk to intelligence professionals and people who have brought espionage cases and all this kind of stuff, people who really dealt with these spy movie scenarios in real life, the more you hear that the sort Sort of the behavior of a compromised person, person who is effectively coerced because of something that a foreign leader, a foreign government, foreign intelligence service has over them, um, the more subtle the signs can be. It may not be totally transactional. It may not be, we've got this thing about you that we're going to expose unless you do our bidding. And so therefore, hand us this secret. It may not always be transactional. It may be that there is just a fear factor. Said the president was a socialist. I said the president was hanging out with Marxists, that he had hired a communist in the White House, that he had all kinds of connections to democratic socialists, and he was not a capitalist. He was a socialist. That was the biggest conspiracy theory and and evil you could possibly have said. They wouldn't look into Jeremiah Wright or anything else. We weren't saying he was a foreign agent. <laughs> now, some were. Donald Trump was, you know, with what's the birth certificate. That had to be a foreign agent thing. So Alex Jones, there Alex was some, Jones yeah. was saying that kind of stuff. We weren't saying that. Listen to what she's saying. The president is a Russian foreign agent. It's incredible. It's, it's, again, it goes back to why is the, uh, why, why, why are the media centers crumbling? Why are they crumbling? Nobody wants to hear that message. Nobody's, they're tired of it. They're playing to a smaller and smaller fraction of America. That's why. That's why you guys can't figure it out. What are you, you've gone insane. You've, you're doing things far worse than you ever blamed me for. But this time, no, 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 but this time, hey, there is something there. Uh-huh. Okay. Yesterday, the New York Daily News announced it's laying off 50% of its editorial staff. Tronk, a company that owns the Daily News, says it's fundamentally restructuring the newspaper, which has been around since 1919. Daily News reportedly lost $90 million over the last three years. Like all other companies and all other newspapers around the country, it is having to refocus its resources on digital media to be able to survive. Now, knowing that this is the harsh reality of the media business, why did Governor Andrew Cuomo release this strange statement yesterday, shortly after the Daily News layoffs were announced? It reads, in part, 
These layoffs were made without notifying the state or asking for assistance. I urge Trump to reconsider this drastic move and stand ready to work with them to avert this disaster. I understand that large corporations often only see profit and dividends as the bottom line. No, it's not profit. It's not profit. They're not, we're not concerned about profit at this point. They're concerned about losing, losing $90 million or $30 million a year. Anyway, but in New York, we also calculate loss of an important institution, loss of jobs, and the impact on families effective. I hope Tronk does the same and recalculates its decision. New York State stands by, ready to help. Now, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. Wait. New York. New freaking York. Can afford an additional $30 million to bail them out? To have them break even? And is the media thinking this is a good idea? Wow, if I could only get the state to help fund the newsroom. I bet the state is ready to help. It's like a circling shark. Could he be thinking about a plan like New Jersey's legislature passed last month? The Civic Information Consortium Bill? This established a nonprofit organization with the main purpose of supporting your local news. Oh. New Jersey funded it with $5 million in taxpayer money. And the nonprofit will operate in conjunction with five different public universities in New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. So we have the government and the universities helping tell us, the average working people, the the schlubs of America that never really seem to get it, exactly what's going on. That's fantastic. A government-funded news organization to be coordinated by select public universities. This is the ultimate progressive utopian dream. This would actually be hilarious if it wasn't so terrifying. In his statement, Governor Cuomo says, I understand the the value of a robust free press. But as their neighbors in New Jersey are about to find out, a government-funded press will certainly not be robust and definitely no longer free. It's Tuesday, July 24th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, it is. It is. It is Tuesday. Hey, uh, welcome to, if you're, if you're in the Dallas or uh, Texas area, uh, welcome to the fires of hell. Um, it's hot. Uh, and I think that's an understatement. It's hot. I've lived in Phoenix. And yeah, Phoenix is, you know, there's nothing like 117. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Um, but you know, the nice thing about uh, Texas is it gets really, really super hot and humid. It's not that humid. It's, it's not been hu- that bad. It's not Houston humid. No, it's, it's not like Houston. Thirty percent humidity, which is you know not zero percent. Yes, it's not the desert, right? But it's a heck of a lot better than, than I, Houston. I'd much rather have this than. Remember, we went to, uh, I think it was Charleston a few years ago. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And, I, in I the don't middle know of the summer, and we walked around uh, town. It was you know from one of those tragic events, and we were walking around town, and we were meeting people, and 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 we had the, the, I mean, it was. It was really an incredible city, and the people there were incredible. The weather, I don't know how anyone dealt with it. it we was, walked around. We walked around, and I had to go do uh, uh, you know, do a public event. 
we walked around because we got into town. We walked around and we want to see what was going on. I had to stop at a store and buy a shirt because mine was sopping wet. Sopping wet. I mean, you'd be outside for a minute and just dripping in sweat. It's awful. It was awful. I I brought a towel. I you know, like took a, I stole a hand towel from the hotel and I just brought it with me for the walk. Yeah, I would rather I would <laughs> rather have that. I would. I mean, I'd rather have this than that. Yes, but I'd rather have Phoenix than this. It is hot as hell. It is, but it's been a couple of weeks of it now. Yeah, it's well. 110 now in Texas, and it's uh, what was it? 113 in uh, not wait was it Waco yesterday? I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw like 113 highest uh, highest temperature ever. Death Valley hit 120 yesterday. Now the rest of the country apparently is not suffering from this heat wave. Now, there's certain areas from I read somewhere that something like three quarters of the country has actually left the summer heat early yeah. this year. Well, thanks. You shipped it down here. <laughs> you shipped it down here. It's really hot uh, down here. But, you know, the amazing thing is I read a story because uh, California, Arizona is having a heat wave as well. Uh, and uh, so is California. Now, California is uh, is a little different than Texas. And I would like to speak directly to those people who moved to Texas from California. Why did you move here? What, 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 what brought you to Texas? Well, you might say, well, I kind of I didn't want to necessarily live in Texas, but my job took me here. Oh, your job took you here. How come your job didn't leave you in California? Is it maybe perhaps, I don't know, because of regulation and taxes that you can't create jobs? Why is it that Texas is creating 50% of all jobs for the nation? 50% of all jobs for the nation created here. Why? Why? Because it's still free. It's still free of regulation. It's still free of tax. It has unlimited energy it's almost like living in america not california now here's why i bring this up connected to the heat california having a power grid uh failure because they have a a heat wave so the california grid operator monday issued an alert to homes and businesses that they need to start conserving electricity uh and they're on now what's called a flex alert Due to the high temperatures. Now, so what is a flex alert? Well, customers are are asked now to reduce natural gas. If you use natural gas, Um, you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to turn off the lights, you know, at night. You don't need them during the day. But if you just keep them also off at night, you should be okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. so use natural light during the day. And then no light at night. You know, it'll be like camping. You know what? It'll be like it'll be like living in the prairie in the 1800s. It is so great when when there's no electricity. It's fun. It's fun, especially in a heat wave. Now you have to ask yourself, California, why don't you have any any electricity? Hmm. Because Texas has a lot. We are growing like mad we cannot keep up with the building of businesses and houses almost literally here in texas 
it's expanding so rapidly. And yet we're not having a problem with our power grid. Why is that? Because our power grid is free and unencumbered. We haven't made all kinds of laws and restrictions. So we have plenty of natural gas. We have plenty of wires going to everybody's houses. We have plenty of power plants that are making plenty of energy. Now, you could say, well, that does have a downside. Sometimes I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what could that downside be? Oh, that it is flex priced. So in other words, the more kilowatts that are used, the higher the demand, the higher the price. Yes, that is true at times like now. However, the price of electricity, and for anybody who is a big user of electricity in Texas, you can go in and pretty much tell the power companies, yeah, I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. Because energy is so plentiful here that you can pretty much get it everywhere. It's kind of like, I'm sure, Marty, plutonium is easy to find in 1985. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's kind of like that here. Well, it's deregulated, too. I mean, so there's so yes. many options and so right. many different you, places to you go. You have tons of options. So California... You refuse to make your own energy. You you import all of your energy. Now, I don't know how you sleep at night. I really don't. Oh, we are so green. We're not going to build a power plant. No, you'll just build huge cables on the other side of your border, and you'll have somebody else burn all the coal so you can feel good about yourself while condemning coal plants, your politicians are liars, are liars, and you're living a lie. And you know what? There's no sympathy, none, zero sympathy when you have a drought. Why? Why do you have a drought? You have a drought because you won't build any reservoirs. Oh, no, it'll disrupt the natural flow of things. Yeah, you mean all the rainwater that should be held that could generate clean electricity could also be used to to plant and water crops so you have food. But instead, you just let it run right out into the ocean. And California is suggesting a few things. For instance, this handy tip. I didn't know this, uh, but they have a handy tip that fans are mm-hmm. good to circulate air. The cold air. Yeah, but fan, fans will blow the cold air around for you. I didn't which know is, that. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I I didn't know what a fan was until they explained it to me like well, that. Well, now, let, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you have a monkey on a bicycle that's running that fan? That or? is what most people in California, okay, good. I guess I didn't they, know. they buy I didn't them know. at the zoo and they whoa, bring whoa, them whoa, home. Whoa, 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 they don't have zoos in California, do they? No, they have, to go, they have to go to Nevada for that. I mean, you're not a monkey keeper. You're no. not an owner of a monkey. <laughs> no. You're a parent of a monkey. Because monkeys are people too, okay? We're talking California here. Uh, so I don't know how you power that fan of yours, <laughs> but apparently fans. And the other safety tip, and I think this is good, is... The beach is a great way to get away from the heat. What? Shut up. Really? No way. Wait a minute. You can just go to a beach? 
It's amazing. Who would have thought that it was possible? Why don't people just live on the beach? I know. They should just live right there by the ocean. There's got to be little towns along the ocean front. They should live there. Well, global warming is coming, so people have oh, all moved away yeah. from the water. Yeah, that's they are, they're, right. They're running away oh, from the, the coastlines. Yeah, the, the prices must be going through the floor. The floor. No one wants yeah. to live near the water anymore because yeah, they know crazy. those global warm. As I was, we was always amazed by this. Goes back to uh, I think it was Inconvenient Book, and there's a picture of uh, a map of my of Florida, and where all the projected global warming floods are going to occur. Mm-hmm. And then a little helpful guide of all the celebrities' homes that they've bought in those zones. People who are saying global warming is this huge threat, but then keep buying homes in the flood zones they say are coming. Hmm. Well, why, if you really believe the flood zones are right around the corner, why on earth would you buy? I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Mm-hmm. I can tell you why. Back when I was growing up, you know, we were afraid of the Russians. Yes. Unlike today. No, we all love them. Uh, We love them now. Uh, So we were afraid of the Russians and we were afraid 12 minutes, 12 to 18 minutes and you were dead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And so I remember we were talking about where do you want to be? I mean, do you want to be in a fallout shelter or do you want to be at ground zero? You want to be vaporized so you don't have to live through it? That's what these celebrities are thinking. Oh, really? They think, you know what? When it comes, I'm going to be the first online. I'm going to be the front. I'm going to be wiped out by the evil that is because because the earth is going to be so bad that I just don't want to live through it. Wouldn't you instead buy the uh, inland property that will soon be on the coastline? No, because you could predict it in the future to the exact centimeter. No, that the the water is going to rise. So why not just purchase beautiful uh, you know, you want to be, be forward thinking. Yeah. You start building beachfront <laughs> homes. Right. You know what I mean? Like in wherever, <laughs> Omaha. You just start. <laughs> it's this beautiful beach property right there in Omaha. That works. And uh, then just wait to rate the money in. <laughs> Let me tell you about Simply Safe. Simply Safe home security. Really great security. Um, their alarm system is. I mean, I put their alarm system in um, the house five years ago. It is it is so much better now. I mean, when when we put it in five years ago, it was state of the art, state of the art. Now, I, I mean, technology is moving so fast. Now, here's the thing: um, the Simply Safe. They've run over 10,000 live glass break simulations. This is the kind of thing they do on absolutely every piece of the product. They do not want it to be just good. They want it to be the best on the market. Most of the glass break technology, they can't tell the difference between a, you know, a glass breaking in your kitchen or somebody breaking glass in a door. It can't tell the difference between a broken plate and a broken window. And sometimes they can't even tell the difference between a baby crying so your alarm's going off all the time. Simply safe. That wasn't good enough. So 10,000 simulations until they could dial it in just right. And that way it would be ready for your home. Simply safe. A system designed that you, you won't even notice it, but it will notice all the things that are going wrong and call police or fire 24-7. Now that's $15 a month. It's the best around-the-clock protection that you can find. And it's unbelievably affordable $15 a month no contracts if you want it but when you see the price of the actual system you're going to feel so 
The alarm system you have in your house, you have paid for at least 25 times. Guaranteed. At least 25 times. Simply Safe, buy it once. You own it. SimplySafeBeck.com. Get 10% now. SimplySafeBeck.com. Save 10%. SimplySafeBeck.com. I don't I did that last night, too. The uh, News and Why It Matters, uh, which is a, a great show that we do on The Blaze every day at uh, 5.30 Eastern Time. Now a podcast, audio podcast, uh, and you can listen to it. Um, just you know, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, and it's The News and Why It Matters. Featuring? Uh, well, <clears throat> me and Stu and Pat and uh, uh, sometimes uh, Doc Thompson. He's usually there, and sometimes... Uh, uh, what's his name? Jason, Jason. Buttrell and Jason Sarah Buttrell. Gonzalez yeah. as well. Uh, it's a great, great. great team. Yeah. And uh, it's a fun, fun show, fun conversation every day. It does, especially by the end. It uh, can get a little out of control. Yeah, you might think we're doing shots in the commercials. Uh, right, um, but, but we're no. not. No, we're not. Mostly uh, sober. So anyway, it's an all-new podcast, The News and Why It Matters, uh, content not seen uh, anyplace else, and you can find that wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you go and uh, and subscribe. We just... And, and and we do me a favor and uh, rate it. I mean, assuming you're going to give us a good rating. Yeah, don't give us a crappy don't one. Don't give us a crappy rating. That actually helps every time, especially if you listen to the Glenn Beck podcast or the, uh, the News and Why It Matters. When you subscribe and rate it, it helps it move up to be discovered by other people. And that's really what we are looking for is make sure that we're... We're up uh, towards the top, so it can be discovered uh, by other people who are just looking for the news. Why this, it matters. this show was available in podcast form. That would be something that people could listen to if they maybe caught part of it on the way in, and they want to hear the, the rest this, of the this, show. This show is available on podcast. Really? Yeah. You Where s- do you iTunes? I'd pay a hundred thousand dollars a year for the well, access then you, to that. Well, you know what? I can only provide you access. Okay. Oh, for you. No, I was I was hoping I, you'd say it was free, so then well, everyone could enjoy it. Well, it is, but not for the device that you have. I've seen what you carry, so oh. I have to do that. So I'll take your hundred thousand. Okay. Everybody else can watch it free on their device or listen to it. Uh, the podcast again on iTunes, uh, the Glenn Beck Show, uh, the Glenn Beck Radio Program, and uh, the News and Why It Matters. Really good. So there's a new uh, Austrian uh, politician that wants to make uh, Jews register to buy uh, kosher meat. Is this a problem at all for anybody? <laughs> I don't see why any in that region of the world, why anyone would fear a right. bad consequence from that right. particular action. He's like, I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm just pro-animal. And the Jews are slaughtering too many animals. And a lot of them, I'm sure, goes to waste. So I just want a list of all of the Jews in the area so they can be licensed to go ahead and buy the kosher meat. I, as far as I understand, anytime mm. you give an Austrian a list of Jews, it's a good idea. <laughs> it's a good idea. Nothing bad has ever happened <laughs> right? from that. But when an Austrian says, hey, can we make a list? I don't care if it's for the grocery <laughs> store. Don't do it. <laughs> so there's a couple of things. Uh, the uh, secret Michael Cohen tapes. It's not going to change anybody's mind. I don't care. Donald Trump could be on tape going, yeah, you got that hooker for me? You got the hooker for me and you're going to pay her off so she didn't talk, right? Uh, yeah, Donald, I'm uh, going to do that. <laughs> Great. Nobody's going to care. Well, I mean, nobody made that point better than Donald Trump himself. He said he yes. could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in broad daylight and no, he wouldn't lose any voters. Right. And he's basically right about that. Right. And everybody has... Uh, yeah, everyone's look, made up their mind already. nobody that... I, I'm sorry, but this, uh, you know, Pastor Jeffers or whatever his name is, 
um, despicable guy. The guy is a despicable man. Um, he took down Ronald Reagan to try to prop up Donald Trump. Look, Donald Trump is who he says he is. We know who he hmm. is. Okay, we we. It was people like you that said, we, we don't have to, we're not electing a pope. Okay, we got it. Everybody baked that in. He likes the comfort of a beautiful woman. Got it. So now he's apparently going to be on tape talking to his attorney about paying off some, you know, uh, Playboy model. Well, okay. How that changes everything, how exactly? And it doesn't seem like there's anything bad on the tape. I mean, it was clearly discussed at some level, but it it seems to be that the Trump administration is responsible for making it public at this point. Like, the, you can say, like, well, they're trying to get out ahead of it, but, like, I think they think it's actually good for them, uh, the, the way, you know, because he's talking about it and he doesn't, he's not, like, embracing it. I mean, the rumors are, no one's heard the tape yet, but, you know, the rumors are that it doesn't, it doesn't make it seem like he really had that much interest in it. It doesn't seem like it was a big part of his, you know, it's a two minute conversation. Only a slight part of it is about this. It and the press is going to go crazy. Yeah. And the, I mean, the press just doesn't. I mean, what it, what boy, it, are they just they're self-destructive. They just don't get it. What it shows, and I'd love to get Pat's perspective on this. What it shows more than anything is Michael Cohn is the worst lawyer of all time. Mm. How this guy has maintained a high paying job for anybody for this long he's recording his clients private conversations about payments to playboy models like that that is the the absolute and then he keeps them once the guy becomes president <laughs> like what this is the worst attorney of all time well he probably kept them because he could have said attorney client privilege and he kept them as an insurance policy he probably did but if it's an insurance policy you got to stash it somewhere you know not in your house that's you about give to get it to searched. your attorney yeah, and it's 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 kept in like cold storage somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the worst idea in the world. And again, it's going to go nowhere. It's going to go nowhere. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We we already got that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. If they didn't care about Stormy Daniels, they're not going to care about Karen McDougal. No, they're no. not going to care about. They're not going to care any of it. They're not going to care. They're not going to care. And unless you have something, I don't on- know about you, but I didn't vote. For a pastor in chief. Oh, okay. okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> I laid down the hammer right there. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. Everybody's baked this in. And when, when you went and bought the Donald Trump and took him off and you were looking at the package, you're like, oh, it's got some, it's got some chemicals in this thing. But <laughs> you know what? I like the guy in the front of the box and uh, makes me feel good to eat him. And so we did. Mm-hmm. We know. It's like. You know, you went and bought Captain Crunch and the media is saying, I just want you to know, there's a lot of sugar in that cereal. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know. I, I bought it. I kind of like the sugar. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's ridiculous what they're doing. Uh, all right. Pat, what's on your mind today? Uh, this atrocious story. Uh, from Odessa, Texas, where, of course, we know it's the headquarters of racism uh, uh, worldwide. Well, it's, it's worldwide Texas, capital of, of racist mm-hmm. racism. I know. I did not know that. Yeah, it I is. didn't know that. I, I didn't heard that. proclaim it with neon really? signs when you drive into town. Really? Okay. So these people went to dinner at Saltgrass. When you say these people. I mean, these hateful, nasty, American 
Texan people. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, wearing their hats and their uh, spurs. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. That's, how, wearing, that's right? how it works spurs. down there. No, it does. It doesn't. Uh, uh, there in the backwater area. By the way, the hats and the spurs are usually now worn by uh, Mexicans. Uh, really? Yeah. You didn't know that? The hat thing no. is now a big thing. Hats, hats are mainly Mexicans now. Well, then certainly they didn't have hats on. They didn't on, have hats they on. They didn't have hats on. Okay. They hate Mexicans. All right, Mexicans. okay. Well, not all people. <laughs> they hate you know. anybody who doesn't look like them. Okay, all right, okay. So they're having dinner. They ring up a $108 tab. <sighs> Zero out the tip area. Mm, and then at the top, right, we don't tip terrorist. You mean terrorists. terrorists. We don't tip terrorist. So weird... not only are they racist, which, by the way, what race is Muslim? But not only are they well, racist, wait. but they're illiterate as well. They're but, stupid. But, but hang on just a second. Why did you say they were Muslim? You didn't tell us that in the story. You just well, said... the the server yeah. was Muslim. Oh, he is Muslim. His name is Khalil Cavill. And so I'm sure these hateful people just assumed, assumed yeah, mm-hmm. he was Muslim. They're like, there's a Muslim. They, therefore, right. mm-hmm. I'm being served by a terrorist. Served by a terrorist. Therefore, you'd understand in that circumstance you wouldn't want to tip. Right. Because well, you wouldn't you know, tip I Osama would bin Laden if no, he was to sell crap. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. You realize at the end of dinner, was that Osama who's been serving <laughs> right. I don't think we should give him any extra money. No. I, I, I'll pay for the meal, but I'm not going beyond that. I hate to be a stickler here, but, you know, I, I, I'm... I'm I am a little black rain cloud mm-hmm. at time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would say we shouldn't eat this food if I thought they were a terrorist because, I mean, you're just, you just, you don't, you don't tip terrorists, but right, you but allow you them to bring you your <laughs> no. food. Yeah. It does seem That's ill-advised. Really, yeah. It I mean, does seem it, ill-advised. I'd like you to taste it first. I'm not Might saying be something. they were thinking clearly the entire night. Okay. Just right. at the end Just of it. Just at the end. Okay. okay. So, Khalil. Khalil. Is hurt. Mm. He doesn't understand why anyone would write that about him because he's he thinks he's not a terrorist right he and, thinks he's not well and but but, I mean, wait, but, but wait, the white I, people if he would have talked to the is. white people they would have told him clearly you are you're, you're a muslim so you've got to be a terrorist <laughs> right okay so i don't think any of those i don't think any of that is true well it's so true that that this customer was banned for life from all salt grass oh my gosh no all way. of them for wow life from all of them wow and that's it, really bad mm-hmm. and the reason we know about this is because there was a social media post right to, uh, he posted it on facebook it went worldwide people good, started sending good. him money get him because yeah uh and they were felt so bad i'll tip you a hundred dollars so the Aww. guy made you know some money back but that doesn't make up for the hurt the sting the pain. The poor grammar. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the poor grammar. The psoriasis that could happen because of that. So, oh, are... as happens in every case, yeah. uh, yesterday he admitted, eh, sorry, I made that up. I, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who wrote, we don't tip terrorist." Okay. <laughs> Why? He doesn't know. <laughs> he made a mistake. It's a minor mistake. Now, does he get banned from all salt grass grill he locations? He was banned from that particular location. He <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> was fired, but not all. But not all. But not all. Well, you know, when, when they said they were going <laughs> to ban them from all salt grass, I thought that was a little hasty and a yeah, little right. maybe a little too much. Because how could you go through life without going to another salt, salt grass? grass. <laughs> you can't. You can't make it. So 
I would just like to say to progressives, wake up. This just doesn't happen. No. And every time this receipt thing, some nasty message like I don't like black people or go or back to like Africa or I don't like it, lesbians or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's been a fraud, a hoax every single time. Every single time. Do you not go into this with any degree of skepticism at this point? It's Amazing! It's that it's the, the the stuff that happens on campus most of the time. Yeah, like when there's like a hate, so, you know, so words, he, you know, on a, on a wall, right. it's almost always fake. Almost always. Here's the conversation that we should have. We maybe we have this tonight uh, on the news and why it matters. Here, he, the conversation is: we just said progressives, people, Democrats, people on the left. You have to wake up. This just doesn't happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I don't mean that as like you know. Uh, it doesn't matter because they're such hate mongers or whatever. It, if you believe in postmodernism, which is where we're at now, postmodernism believes it is okay to do these things. To make this stuff up. Ends justify the means. Anything mm-hmm. that tears apart the Western culture is not a lie because there is no truth. There yeah. is no truth. Yeah, he he said initially he showed the receipt because it proves that this kind of uh, attitude still exists. Well, now what are we supposed to think? How much are you hurting the cause? Because, of course, there's still some racism somewhere. This isn't racism. It it would be religious bigotry, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're, you're really hurting the credibility of anybody who actually has a racist incident happen to him because nobody buys it anymore anybody anybody. as soon as i saw this story i thought no it's not real if you are raped, if you're raped on campus good luck good luck in five years getting Mm -hmm. anybody to listen to you because of everybody saying he shook my hand i was raped with his eyes yeah no yes they're destroying anything and that is again postmodernism, destruction of everything of that is based in reason and truth. You can't build a society like that. You can't. And, and no. Also, is self-evident that there is not this big of a problem. Because if there was this big of a problem, you wouldn't need to fake the receipt thing every two Correct. weeks. You wouldn't right. need it to would fake. Yeah, right. it's it, it's right. if this attitude was so pervasive, and obviously you're right. There are there are racists. There are people who are religious bigots across not just Muslims but Jews and every other religion. And it's like, but it is luckily in the United States of America a pretty contained situation. That it does happen. It, we have to make sure we watch it every time it happens because you don't want it to get out of control. And it's happened throughout history. But the bottom line is. If it was such a big deal, if it was as bad as they claim, they wouldn't need to manufacture evidence to prove it every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And they continually do this. So listen, here's, here's um, um, uh, Nikki Haley. She, on Monday, was in uh, high school, and she was giving a, um, you know, a, a, I don't know, rally pep talk. I don't know what she was doing in high school. But she was speaking to a group of high school students. And she said, um, raise your hand if you've ever posted anything online to quote, unquote, own the libs. Okay. So vast majority raised their hands in response, then erupted in spontaneous applause. She said, 
Stop it. Quote, I know that's fun and it can feel good, but step back and think, what are you accomplishing when you do this? Are you persuading anyone? Who are you persuading? We've all been guilty of it at some point or another, but this kind of speech is not leadership. It is the exact opposite. Real leadership is about persuasion. It's about movement. It's about bringing people around to your point of view, not by shouting them down, not by showing them, uh, but by showing them how it's in their best interest to see things the way they really are. Now, how many of us are following that? I mean, we we are all because it feels good because when they do this, they've been winning. But I'm telling you, they are beating themselves right now. They are they're going to lose to themselves. This I heard Ben Shapiro say the other day, this is not a referendum. 2020 will not be a referendum on Donald Trump because we've already made up our mind on who Donald Trump is. Everybody has an opinion and his numbers are not moving. No matter what's said, they don't move. So if everything would stay stable, the economy and everything else stays stable, this won't be a referendum on Donald Trump. This will be a referendum on who is running against Donald Trump. And the media. And the media. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is going to be. Who's running against Donald Trump? Who do the Democrats put up against him? And what are they? What are their policies? Their policies are going to be crazy. They keep going left because they want to activate their base. So they're going further and further left. That is not connecting with the average person. It's scaring the average person to death. The Mm -hmm. media is destroying itself. All you have to do is just say, hey, brother, don't go that way. Come here. Come here. Look at this. Look at this. There's a better way. That it's hard to do. But it's the winning strategy in the end. Thank you, Pat. Hey, it's Tuesday. Singing Cowboys are on today. Yeah. Yeah, singing. And the orchestra. And the orchestra. And the orchestra. Oh, Pat wow. Gray and his orchestra with the Singing Cowboys on Tuesday, uh, only on the Blaze Radio Network. And when you're downloading uh, the News and Why It Matters and the Glenn Beck uh, Program podcast, Pat Gray Unleashed, also available uh, on, on podcast. On podcasts. Get it at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Make sure you rate, uh, make sure you give a five-star rating, if you will. Uh, it helps other people discover uh, the podcast. So if you would, uh, go and uh, download the podcast at iTunes. All right, Car Shield. You ever taken your car in for an oil change? The mechanic is like, yeah, you know, I found something else. You're hit with a repair bill that you didn't expect. It happens all the time. All the time. It's happened to all of us. I, I remember I hated the summer, um, you know, when for most of my life. Because I'd have a car that, you know, was just always breaking down. And when it was hot, they'd always overheat. You can get extended vehicle protection now, like I have, from Car Shield. You don't have to worry about the unexpected surprises. If your car breaks down after the warranty expires, you can be out of pocket for thousands of dollars. And replacing your engine can cost you thousands, even a simple repair. I brought my car in, my truck in for an oil change. They found a repair, I think it was $6,000. Now, the only reason why I don't know it is because I didn't pay for it. CarShield did. Get CarShield now. Protect yourself. 800-CAR-6100. 800-CAR-6100. Or go to carshield.com and use the promo code BECK.
Tonight, 5 o'clock, only on the Blaze TV, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about possible war that is beginning with uh, Israel and Iran and Syria. We'll talk about that. Also, the life of a millennial. Oh, my goodness. We started it from hour number one. You, if you missed it, grab the podcast and listen. We have that millennial on with us at 5 today Glenn on the Blaze Beck. TV. Mercury.